0: Hi, I'm back out on the road here at IP Expo in Manchester, and I've just sat in on um, a fantastic presentation, actually, about uh, turning data into actions, you know, getting real value out of your data. Uh, so what I've managed to do is grab the presenter from that uh, that session, uh, Amy Nicholson. Hi, Amy. Hi, Yeah, you OK? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. And uh, so Amy's from Microsoft, um, is a tech evangelist in the uh, data analytics field, I guess, but um, probably easier if i just let Amy introduce herself, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Sure, yeah. So uh, my name's Amy Nicholson. I am a technical evangelist. Uh, interesting title, what, what do I do? Basically, I focus on the area of data analytics and I help customers with some of our latest technologies. So uh, a lot of our cloud technologies around data and kind of getting them to build out proof of concepts that then they can take to production
0: that was very concise uh, yeah, I, was, I was quite impressed. I'm a rambler normally so. <laughs> yeah so you're putting two ramblers together so this this podcast could last about a week so uh, so settle down everyone um <laughs> So uh, the, the stuff that you covered is, is an area that, that uh, is of real interest, I think, for me. You know, I, I have this conversation constantly about the idea that the organisations that are going to have the big successes in the future are the ones who know how to get the very best out of their data. Yeah. Um, and the shift, and we were just talking before we started recording about this kind of shift of people's view of Microsoft. Um, but when we talk about uh, analytics, and we talked a little bit in your session about artificial intelligence, it's obviously quite a big area. So maybe if you could give us a little bit of your view or a Microsoft view of, of when we talk about analytics, when we talk about things like artificial intelligence, what it is we mean?
1: Yeah. Um, so, to so my view, I, I mean, AI, artificial intelligence, is a huge, huge word at the moment. Loads of people are using it. Um, artificial intelligence, to me, is probably a change, a slight change in paradigm, where we've kind of gone from this idea of uh, artificial intelligence have been about expert systems, if then else, at one point. Do you know what I mean? Back it, back in uh, research, back in time now uh, with some kind of progressions in machine learning, in compute, in storage that we've got, actually all these technologies are kind of colliding together and that's making artificial intelligence more accessible basically by everyone. So now people aren't limited to just if they have lots and lots of money for infrastructure or if they have lots of uh, researchers and stuff like that. So um, for example Microsoft we're building our intelligent cloud platform What we're trying to do is just commoditize uh, AI, being able to uh, democratize it so that people can use services and kind of build them up on our platform. But the, the change in kind of what is artificial intelligence, it kind of this idea of instead of programming machines to do something, we pass them all this data that's in our sphere, so whether it's our business data, data about ourselves, um, data from devices and the environment, we're pulling all that together and we're actually starting to say, okay, here we go, uh, learn, learn things about this data, uh, and then pass that sort of information back to us, that intelligence, so getting the machines to learn for themselves.
0: Yeah, I saw one of your colleagues present as well while I've been here today uh, talking about this idea of digital transformation, you know, as, as we all uh, we work in IT, we love a buzzword. Um, but one of the things that um, you touched on, and, and actually uh, you, you, James, your colleague, did earlier on as well, was this idea of turning this focus to outcomes. So it's not so much about, the conversation is not really a technology conversation, but actually much more of one around either seeing a problem yep. or or seeing an outcome and wondering how you get there. I mean, is that is that the kind of changes that you're starting to see? Are people is there more of a maturity out there in businesses? Are people starting to see that?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say now, interestingly, I'll go in as a technical evangelist into a conversation. But especially around de- you know my area's data so I can only really comment about that. But from what I'm seeing, actually customers kind of want to go you want to go in there and, and envision things with them. It's more about, okay, where are your pain points? Um, and how could we maybe solve some of those trickier problems uh, to make things a bit easy for you, improve productivity, stuff like that. So yeah, focusing on that kind of, let's not have another another highlight technology. And yeah, of course, I'm a technologist. I enjoy brand new technology. I get all like shiny and excited about it sort of thing. But actually in business, the main thing is to kind of go, I have this issue, I have this problem or I have something that I want to solve. Uh, how can we go about using technology that will do that for me sort of thing, that will help me solve these problems. So, yeah, no, customers are definitely coming around to the fact that there's just w- so much technology out there. They need a little bit of help and advice on how to how best to piece these things together, really.
0: And I think, I, you, you, again, I, you mentioned it there, and you certainly mentioned in the presentation as well, this idea of uh, commoditizing access to technology. And I think that's one of the things that we're starting to see is this idea that... Um, these tools that just would not have been available in the past are much more easily accessible to us. Um, and again, is that is that a shift that you're seeing? are people starting to not not only realize that, but are people actually starting to grab this stuff and and do interesting things with it, things that they just couldn't do previously?
1: Since I feel like there's like two audiences that I talk to in this space. So I have um. When I speak to, to data people, so like a data scientist about data analytics, I'll talk to them about the cloud, but actually I'll talk to them about how they can bring what they've already got, their R and their Python scripts and stuff like that. But actually, the other side of it, there's actually not enough data scientists out there, and I'm really, really passionate about Peep, this continuous learning idea where I think anyone can be anything they want to be in some senses, as long as you, you're excited and you're, you're keen to learn new stuff. So one of the interesting parts is when it's people. who have maybe come from a data analyst position, maybe come from a DBA kind of position. They're really passionate about data trying to like, help them upskill and bring all of their current insight into a, into a new world around machine learning, big data, predictive analytics, stuff, stuff like that. Actually, I like one of these things where we can offer them something on our cloud platform, where they can very, very quickly start to leverage these skills. So yeah, the idea of commodities, the little services that you can piece together, but also the idea of not every service is for everyone. Um, a great example I, I spoke about in my talk was around Hadoop. So uh, the little yellow elephant, amazing. If you have skills in that space, oh my God, use them. Like they are incredible. They're powerful skills. They're in some amazing technologies. Uh, and so we we we're really it's great to have Hadoop on the Azure platform because you can spin up these clusters. People can come with the skills they've already got, uh, do their analysis, and, and tear them all back down again. Perfect. They don't have to have the infrastructure for it. On the other side of that coin though, not everyone has those skills and there's quite quite a high barrier to entry. You've got to, you know, get quite a bit of experience with them, understand what's good, what's not, optimization's sometimes is quite hard. Well, actually, what about uh, things like our data lake analytics? You can use SQL and C# to do a very, very similar thing where you query over big data. I mean, being able to come with your past experience, but even be able to move into this, you know, this high-scale data world. Fantastic! Uh, so, I love talking to people about upskilling and those two different types of sets of people.
0: Just, just out of interest, how are you seeing the change from, um, you know, maybe you've rewind back three or four years? How people looked at the you know I I use phrase a lot that actually people are looking at data as an asset you know they're seeing data as an asset in their business in the same way that they see buildings and people and you know and the idea that we should be able to make the most of that asset like we made most of any other asset but are you seeing a a change a a real shift and and is it a shift that's that's moving significantly more quickly now that people are starting to use data in a different way. So maybe how you saw people using data three or four years ago to to how they're using it now.
1: Yeah, I think, A couple of things there, the change in different data types is often driving people as well. So we're moving, I mean, just look at social media, right? We're moving from, Facebook used to be all about writing a comment, writing something in text. Now it's all about images, Instagram's massive, um, videos as well with things like Vine and stuff like that, uh, Snapchat, so you know, there's, we're moving into all these different types of data. And uh, so thinking about how a store, how I analyze lots of different varieties of data has been a really interesting one that I've seen kind of change people are starting to say, "Well, see, you know, a traditional SQL database does not fit all." It, you know, I've, seen, I've tried to uh, help people maybe that start to do unnatural things with SQL databases, trying to fit images in there and videos and all sorts. I mean, you know, there's the, date, the right data store for the right job in some senses. Uh, no SQL data, uh, st- just standard storage on the cloud where you can pop your videos, images in there, and link to them, stuff like that. Um, I think on the the kind of other side of things like that, there's a whole load of stuff around. We have, often a lot of people say to me, we have a lot of data. In the past, it was kind of, oh, we don't, you know, we, I don't think we really have enough data for machine learning because you, I know, need loads of it to pass it to this thing, which isn't always true, but you do need a good subset sort of thing, a, a, good, a good handful. Um, but actually, it, now that's not a problem. Now it's choosing what's the right data to put into these types of analytics and algorithms and stuff. Um, to, and that's like you said, in, in only sort of three years that I've been at Microsoft, that's kind of what I've seen. And, and there has been a change, so it's really interesting to see how quick that change has gone. And I'm sure the next Wave of three years will bring exactly the same amount of change as well.
0: So, you're seeing that changing you know, that people understanding that the quality of their data, or whether it maybe is even the most critical thing that they'll do, you know, is, is that are people starting to grasp that?
1: Yeah, quality of data is a massive one. I mean, um, we're starting to see, you know, when it's user defined data, that's always a lot harder because you get a lot of uh, um, sort of like fluff in there, you get a lot of stuff that you can't really use and noise. Um, so being able to have someone who does a lot of the data processing stuff is really key. Like uh, ETL is massive. Everyone always asks me what you know. What can we do to do ETL and stuff like that? Because actually, like so, got loads and loads of data, but really picking out that that correct data or the useful data. I used to say in a machine learning talk, I was like, it's not always about big data. You need a good amount of data to do, you know, to, to pass to an algorithm to learn. But actually, you need kind of like nice, healthy, quality data, which, you then it doesn't really, unless the, an empty slot means something, doesn't really like empty values. And, it, it, you know, don't bias it. You can't just give it a whole load of data on positive stuff and not on negative stuff. It needs to learn the natural uh, sort of ratios between stuff it's making decisions on stuff like that. There's a, there's a whole piece around ETL that's it's still absolutely huge and uh, there's, not, there's not like a, a magic wand that kind of solves that. You need uh, a data scientists or say, for example, uh, 80% of their time is done data processing, not doing the exciting parts around analytics and machine learning.
0: So you talk actually about uh, commoditizing as well. And um, one of the things I think is quite interesting, you talked about data scientists um, a few times there how much for, for an organisation, you know, So for, for businesses of, of all sizes, we've all got data yeah. and, you know, and businesses are always looking for opportunities to do things differently, to develop new products, do things smarter. Yeah. Uh, how much experience do people need um, in, in understanding data to start to maybe extract value out of it? I mean, is there an easy starting point? Do you, do you need a data scientist?
1: It's a really it's a it's a really tricky one. And um, those who have data scientists in their organisations, uh, they are like unicorns. Be it, keep them happy; they're fabulous. Um, what what, a, what is a data scientist? So a data scientist is someone who understands data, uh, can code. Can also do like things like statistics and stuff like that, but also has amazing ways of pulling together stories around data. So being able to tell the story of exactly what's going on in the data. Now that that piece around the stories, that's why I think personally that. Um, you can become a data scientist if you're if that's what you think you want to do, because I think a lot of people in the data space already will have to interpret the way the data is already. They're telling themselves their own business domain stories in some senses, given that they've looked at this data. So interestingly, I'd say, if you have a contact or a consultant data scientist, for example, um, definitely pull them in. They have amazing skills and not like beating down what a skill is of a data scientist. They're incredible. Um, but you know what, I, th- I think there's loads of great, you know, online courses, there's loads of great, uh, even degree programmes now. I mean, there's, you know, masters popping up everywhere around uh, doing data analytics or machine learning specifically and stuff like that. Um, but also I was chatting to one of our, our Microsoft RU professionals uh, and he was talking about actually the experience element as well. So he was talking to some of our student partners and he said, you guys will all leave with incredible academic knowledge in this area. Next to, you know, uh, born non, they will be incredible. Uh, you know, real, real top university this was. And basically, he was like, but you know what, you learn a lot when you're on the projects. So one thing, uh, and I, I've learned a lot from physically getting hands on and helping customers solve problems. To be honest, I've learned a lot from doing that. Uh, I, I'll read books, I'll read blogs, I'll do demos, I'll, you know, Uh, spin up my own little proof of concepts and stuff like that, working with customers is absolute gold, do you know what I mean you you learn so many things that you wouldn't necessarily learn on a demo almost Um, so you know if someone's trying to get into it, I'd say maybe try and take on like a small project or something at work, Um, you know try and have a look if there's anything out there that you can kind of go, little innovation project set yourself a, a slotted amount of time, or get a bit of buy-in from the business so that you'll spend this amount of time, and see what you can get out of it, see how you can progress that project. Because um, you know what, some, some of the data analytics projects, some of the machine learning projects we've seen with our customers, uh, some of the smallest things that have taken them not very long have become big business impacts. Like you can, so, you know, if you can solve something around uh, money time or people that seems to be the three big things
0: i think one of the things that um, you know that, that i've i've noticed and, and i think where the big public cloud providers microsoft amazon google you know where these guys have have really started to revolutionize the way lots of us do business it's actually given us access to some of these kind of data analytics tools you know it's not it's actually it's not giving me software as a service it's not having somewhere to store stuff necessarily but it's actually giving me tools that any other you know five years ago i just would not have been able to put into your, your yeah. kind of your, your average enterprise so i mean do you want to give us um, a little bit of a, a an idea of some of the tools uh, that microsoft have available and things that we can access and, and some of the things that, that, that we can do with what microsoft having that kind of cognitive platform that you're about
1: sure yeah so um interesting one probably to start off there is a uh, we, you were saying like, oh, software as a service, infrastructure as a service i i like this area in between where it's platform as a service so um but things where you don't have to worry too much about the infrastructure you don't have to worry about networking you don't have to worry about, we'll take care of all of that little bit for you and uh, we'll do a lot of magic to kind of make sure things spin off and stuff like that in our data centers where you focus on solving your problems or creating your amazing new solution and i love that space i think there's incredible stuff you can do with it Um, Our our data platform on Microsoft Azure is called Cortana Intelligence. Um, really, really broad set of services, I mean everything from information management, so bringing that data into the cloud, to data storage and and big data storage specifically, so like data warehousing or data lakes, to analytics, uh, real-time, predictive, you know, lots and lots of different things, loads of different types of tools you can use. As well as kind of that visualization layer, a lot of people, to be honest with you as well, start there. Um, They'll bring data into the cloud information management. They'll maybe store it in something that's not a big data store at the moment, but data storage on the cloud. And then they'll visualize it on the other end. And that could be with things like uh, Power BI or or visualization tool at Microsoft. Um, Or even something like a bot. A lot of people are doing uh, creating like chatbots, it's kind of like bit 90s, but uh, bots who are infused with intelligence behind the scenes, so, Work with a couple of customers who are infusing intelligence uh, into the conversation between a customer and an agent. It's not replacing an agent. What we're doing is we're infusing intelligence that helps the agent solve their problems, makes the agent more productive. If it's a frequently asked question, your agent isn't bored, stuff like that. It was an amazing solution. Loved working on it as well because it was this, this great idea of these these technologies can help you solve a problem. And in the immediate future, it's all about humans plus machines. It's all about how we can help get machines to help us. And also like work with us, not we work with them. A lot of people kind of go to work and have to like, oh my laptop's not working or you know this isn't working we kind of like fight with technology we try and put ourselves into a little box of technology we should be getting technology to work for us you know it should be working in how we work sort of thing and, and fitting around and helping us so i think i love that intelligence can do that for us it's, uh, it's a really interesting space
0: so it's it's not uh, we don't have to be too worried about terminator-esque uh, uh, robots <laughs> taking over just yet um, and i heard a phrase earlier on i don't know if it was one of your colleagues who, who presented earlier saying about this idea of assistive technology so it's- you know, so rather than technology replacing what we do, but yeah. as you were just describing, this idea of, of augmenting some of that. Uh, and we've talking earlier as well. I, I, I met with a, a Microsoft partner yesterday who's done quite a lot of work in this kind of yeah. this bot space, and he was he was sharing about how um, they're using that to. Simplify and make far more efficient repetitive processes. Yeah. So, you know, he was sharing a process of a, a telecoms company, and this is getting another podcast, so I won't give it all the way oh, now. Fabulous. But how they've taken um, a process they did where maybe they could do two or three iterations of something an hour to right. where an iteration was now just taking five minutes. I
1: was going to say, yeah. yeah. and that's got and huge
0: and bottom line not impact.
1: bothered with it, right? Like, you know. Let's be honest, There's what do people always say to you like, oh, you love your job, but there's always something, right? Even if it's just something like submitting expenses. Oh God, it's such a time sink sometimes because I'm not very good at keeping them in order and stuff like that. Actually, if someone could help me with that, you're onto a winner, do you know what I mean? Like Just removing some of that boring stuff so I can focus on the amazing parts of my job, you know, presenting working with new technologies, stuff like that. I think it's a really interesting area to, to help people with. So yeah, augmentation, I'm an optimist. And it's, <laughs> it's, I
0: mean, it's interesting you talk about Cortana as well because obviously for lots of us, we are probably just used to Cortana being the little blue thing blinking yeah. at the bottom of a Windows 10 desktop. Yeah. But actually it's, the stuff that sits behind that you know Cortana yeah. on the desktop is that simplified interface that we see but actually the smart stuff that sits behind it is, yeah. is quite a lot isn't it
1: yeah I was gonna say and again that kind of idea of well Cortana is uh, maybe you could call it she's a service isn't she she sits on Windows machines and she she helps you out with your queries and you can ask her things that you know query off to Power BI and, stuff like that. and you can say oh can you tell me what the sales were for X uh, yesterday or something like that, and she'll ping up a little icon for you, let you know what's going on. Amazing, but actually, one of the, the this platform as a service part, start creating your own. Do you know what I mean? Because a, a lot of customers to talk to we will have things that are, are services that will say, we've built something, it would be wicked if you could use it sort of thing, um, it might be able to help you and then people will use them and that's awesome. But actually, a lot of problems are quite niche to maybe different industries or a, a specific problem that you're solving, so um, you know, machine learning at the moment is incredibly good at, at solving a very, very specific question or task. Um, if you ask it to make a cup of tea it's not going to be able to do it but if you ask it to you know predict a uh, customer churn or provide a recommendation and you've trained it how to do that it can do it very well so there's this whole piece around being able to do very very niche stuff and you can build it yourself um, and then you can also obviously go right down to that infrastructure end as well if you want to host your machines you want to run you know i mean azure batch and stuff like that there's an interesting piece around being able to spin up just hundreds of machines and stuff and, apply your compute to it, solve the hard problems, and then spin them all back down again. Uh, you know, infrastructure is going to be a massive thing moving forwards as well around you know, the power of infrastructure and how it can cope with these kinds of things. Um, but we, yeah, well, saying it like that, right, we're playing almost every space in that sense, but it's kind of picking the right thing that's right for you. Uh,
0: and just coming back to, uh, actually, the topic you presented on here this idea of turning data into kind of actionable yeah. and useful information i mean is that a big part of uh, what these tools are giving what these data analytics tools are giving is, is a big part of that actually how it's presented back to us as kind of the end consumer of that information is that is that where a huge part of the value is
1: yeah i think a huge part of the design as well when i'm uh, chatting to different customers and that and they're the, they're the technical teams that are going to implement there's a whole piece around the machine learning algorithm, or the the big data, or the data analytics query, or whatever, that's going to provide you with the intelligence. But no one wants to see as you know zero point six five nine, like I showed you in that demo. <laughs> I did have a front end as well, but um, you know they don't want to see all the the hacky code that goes on behind it. They wanna just be you know a bit a business user, a CEO, you know, someone at the top level, for example. They just want to see the highlights, right? But then you can have you know that information not only fueling those people, but fueling the people on the ground, you know, say in a factory or something like that. You can have all of the information from all the machines, so like Internet of Things kind of thing, coming into a dashboard where a human is looking at it and when things start to go a bit bit odd or things get start to go a bit wrong, they are there, they can action it, they can be sent alerts and all sorts, it can be on a on an as needed basis as well. So there's a whole, absolutely, the visualisation piece, the end user piece is absolutely key because we don't want to be giving people percentages and random numbers and integers and stuff like that, we don't want, we don't want to do that, they want to see obvious answers what is this telling me why is that useful as well as always a massive one
0: and i think it, it probably goes to something that we, we often forget you know we're talking enthusiastically or you you're definitely enthusiastically about the technology know, like,
1: get, get far <laughs> too excited about stuff like this well,
0: that's what makes you a good <laughs> presenter to come and watch um, but you know i think we um you know as, as people with technical backgrounds so we can all get very enthusiastic about the techie bit you know yeah. the flashing lights the wearing of you know the wearing noises all yeah. the fans in the back of something but the, and often we will forget that conversation actually back to the people yeah. who want the information because, you know, I mean, for me, I think an important part of that is what is it that we want? What What's the outcome? And some of you touched on before, yeah. what's the outcome that we yeah. want? I mean, do, do, is, that a, is that a critical part of that? It's, it's actually understanding where we, you know, what you, you talked before about understand the problem
1: yeah. and
0: understand an outcome. You know, yeah. is that is that is that the starting point really?
1: I was going to say, well, like in the talk that I just delivered, I always like to start with... Um, where's the problem, what was the pro? and also examples of problems that our customers have solved, um, and not talk about the technology first. The technology will change as well. So obviously, you know, with, with anything, right, we'll, we'll continuously move on, we'll continuously improve, and that's amazing because the technology will move with, like, you know, make sure that we're doing the best stuff with, with, that we absolutely can. Right job, you know, uh, sorry, right tool for the right job. But actually, some of the best stories and the connected cow story I told honestly the you're, not gonna,
0: you're not you're not going to finish this without sharing that story i'm not going to finish
1: it honestly there's and then like just hundreds of pictures on twitter of just me standing in front of a slide with a cow on it <laughs> so you know those are just continuous share i just absolutely love it i think it's an amazing story where it's a little bit someone said to me it's outside the technology forest and i was like that's an interesting comment and he was like yeah because it's like so not an industry that you would think it's in farming um uh, why don't cows. you share I the know, connected share, cow, cow story share go for story it very very quickly i'll do a much briefer version so uh, the connected cow fujitsu and microsoft worked together with a farmer um to kind of figure out he had a load of dairy cows that's his business and he was just saying i'd like to know more about what they're doing and it, it was specifically around artificial insemination bear with me bear with me honestly like this is going somewhere and then um, and basically he was just like saying i need some help in this space i need to understand it because at the moment it's kind of a a hit and miss, uh, you know, just got to try and experiment basically. And there's kind of no logic behind it. So what they did was they they, uh, put a pedometer on a cow that, you know, uh, just count steps, sort of count steps. And uh, given those steps, they just found some incredible stuff about artificial insemination of all things. Apparently cows make more steps uh, when they're in heat and stuff like that. So that's a perfect time to do it. Uh, They also found out things about like probabilities of um, cows and bulls and stuff like that you know when when to do what now you, know, you can start to uh, balance your herd and stuff like that which is his future business honestly who would have thought that 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 is a place to put data analytics if you focused on the technology for that one might have never got to that problem right the he, the guy had a had an issue that he, uh, he wanted something improving as well. I mean, there's not always a problem, right? So sometimes we just want to improve the way we do things. And I just thought it was an incredible story for that. And then, you know, pulling in a few pieces of technology that could solve that was incredible so yeah no definitely check that out um connected cow put it into youtube uh joseph sirosh he talks a bit about it he's got a fantastic keynote that was a um, strata hadoop a couple of years ago um still one of my favorite videos he, he explains it far better than i do as well so go and watch that <laughs>
0: if you put connected cow in a search engine we are not responsible for what you might find oh, yeah, uh, at no, the other no. end of that either maybe
1: put like microsoft next it. yeah or <laughs> that, that's a good, good
0: idea um well just before we wrap up and i think actually i think it's a brilliant way to kind of sum up what the, 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 the whole Point of, the, of the, the excellent presentation you gave, as, as well as uh, I think the thing that we're seeing an awful lot, which is that actually the technology behind some of this stuff, in the end, is almost almost irrelevant. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's what's the outcome, what is, what's the value that we're getting, yeah. and like you said, you know, that, that actually the technology will change, the technology will improve over time, yeah. and actually, to me, as an end user. I don't really want to care what a tech, you you can be pulling bits of technology. And that's where, you know, kind of this kind of stuff as a service is having such an impact, isn't it? Is that you can change things in the background. I continue to get the service that I want that helps drive my business. You can change whatever you like in the background. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's it's easy that it's important we don't get lost in the idea of getting overly excited about the technology or the provider who gives us the technology yeah. it's about does it solve a problem
1: i was going to say because i mean like the cortana intelligence suite if you go and have a look at that there's a lot of services in there a lot you know and they do all sorts of different things and there's sometimes the right tool for the right job and um, so getting a bit you know like, yeah if you just focus on the technology and you try to I'd call Cortana Intelligence like a pick-a-mix. You don't have everything, right, because that's greedy. Like, <laughs> not that if you want to use everything, that's absolutely fine. But it's, um, <laughs> it's one of these key ones where you just pick what you need to solve a problem and don't worry about the rest of it. Or, you know, if you've got a certain skill, choose that service over the one that's maybe one that we've produced or something like that. Hadoop over Data Lake Analytics. It's all about skill set, I think, personally. So, you know, one of these nice ones is, yeah, the stories, the interesting insights, a lot of the ones I really, really like are all about the problem that was solved or the you know something that got better. Um, and the, the technology solves that problem now. Uh, there will be improvements. I mean, there's some of the demos I do. I'm, I'm changing them all the time. We released something called Azure Functions. And basically what it is, is you run a little snippet of code. Um, and it just, basically you just get to trigger when you need it to run. So in the past you'd run it in like a worker role or a web job or something like that. So I have, to have a website there and i have put it in there. Well, I don't need to do that now. So what I'll do is I'll take it out of there and I'll put it into this Azure function. I only get charged for when it runs, stuff like that. Uh, what about you know the sentiment analysis piece? I built my, in, in my academic experience, I did a lot around sentiment analysis of Twitter data. Um, when I was doing that research, I didn't know about all these services. So when I came to Microsoft and I built it, I built the same thing out that I'd done in my academic research, it barely took me any time at all. Obviously, you don't have to do the research whilst you're doing it, but, you know, it was quickly able to deploy that. Well, now there's a service, we've got a cognitive service that does sentiment analysis of text. It'll give you keywords that are in that text, stuff like that. These technologies will commoditize and actually, you know, changing new solutions sometimes will kind of work with that if you can. But those, you know, as well, we support all sorts of different technologies. So it's a, it's a really interesting space. It's fast moving. In the past three years, I've worked at Microsoft. It's changed almost mm. immensely. Like, you know,
0: and I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's fast moving, but and that's why the the technology bit maybe doesn't matter that much. It's mm. the what can I get out of this, yeah. and, and what we can get out of it is is changing constantly. Um, well, Amy, anyway, I, I, you've had a busy day. You've done. Uh, you, you've been on a panel. Yeah. You've presented. Uh, you've sat here and and uh, and let me ask you questions. And no doubt you want to go home at some point today as well. <laughs> Um, so, but, but just to wrap up, I mean, if people want to find out a little bit more about what Microsoft are doing in this space sure. and some of the services that are out there that can help, uh, where do they go and find that? And and finally, if people also want to hassle you online, yeah. what's a good way of doing that?
1: Sure, sure, so uh, probably, Best things. What have we talked about there? We talked about Cortana Intelligence. So if you go, uh, put Cortana Intelligence into your favourite search engine. um, Bing, obviously. Obviously, you know others are available. And um, (laughs) basically, if you just put that Cortana Intelligence in, uh, it will take you to the site. That's kind of our high-level marketing one. But actually, you know, drill into those services. Uh, There's a great. We've got some amazing online courses on EdX. edX Edx.org. Um, I highly recommend them, I'm in one of them, which is quite exciting. I did some stuff around uh, stream analytics, which is quite cool. Um, But little bite-sized videos of sort of like 7 to 15 minutes. The longest one we did was 15 minutes. And um, basically, lots of videos, lots of hands-on labs, stuff like that to get you up to speed on these technologies. Definitely one to look at. Um, If you want to hassle me, probably the best place to get me is on Twitter. So, uh, at AmyKateNico, N-I-C-H-O. Um, and yeah you know feel free i think you you've been tweeting me and followed me so yeah check out for obviously i'm being his list um and yeah probably that's that's probably the main ones to go to and then if you need any more help obviously yeah drop us a line um, and we'll, we'll see what we can, how we can help you
0: great stuff amy thank you very much for your time and uh, you know really good presentation earlier on and, uh, and i'm sure people have caught on to your your enthusiasm for your <laughs> subject so um, well thanks very much great talking to you
1: thanks very much for having me
0: I hope you enjoyed that episode of Tech Interviews. If you want to catch up with the show notes, you can find them over on techstringy.com. We also find all of our other previous Tech Interviews episodes. Next week, we carry on the data analytics theme as I'm joined by Mando Group's Ian Finch as we look at the rise of chatbots. So you want to make sure you catch the show, why not subscribe? You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as all of the good homes of podcasts. So until next week, thanks for listening.